0: everybody, it's Monday Night Therapy with John and Todd, and this week we have a new guy joining us, and it's Noel Thompson from GopherHole.com to talk to us about the Minnesota Gophers. How are
1: you doing, Noel? Doing good. How are you? I'm, I'm excited to be here. I, uh, I'll never forget your rants on in the, in the stadium there in 2021, and uh, to kind of be here with you is a little surreal, to be honest.
2: Todd. Yeah, John. I'm doing great. I'm Minnesota. <laughs> where are you at, Todd? Tell us where you're at. I am in Duluth. Duluth. University of Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs. We saw them out on the field practicing yesterday. So, I've got I've got football fever. <laughs> being here in the Great North. <sighs> Wow, we are. This is
0: uh, this is kind of different. We're showing up on YouTube, and we don't have anybody here. That's the the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Well, we're just
2: <laughs> gonna have to go for it. They'll be all late arrivers. I guess that, you
0: know what I think it is. I think everybody on the planet is doing live shows tonight, and everybody's getting ready for Minnesota versus Nebraska because it's the start of the 2023 football season, and uh, I, you know has it no what's your off season been like
1: well you know it's we're entering year seven under pj fleck and so you know i'll be honest there there were some guys hitting the transfer portal that i would assume that they were going to start this fall so i was a little confused on why they would transfer when i think the starting position was theirs but um but but then you know fleck had to bring in some other guys from the transfer portal but it's a weird offseason Cause for the first time in 25 years, we don't have Tanner Morgan under center and uh, you know, we don't have Mo Ibrahim in the, in the backfield, but we kind of got a dose of what that looks like towards the, towards the end of last year. But you know it's going to be interesting. I think a lot of Gopher fans are excited, but nervous on the new look offense here under PJ Fleck.
0: Okay. New look offense. Yeah. What's this about?
1: Well, I think if, You could kind of – you saw a glimpse of it when the Gophers went into Madison and played Wisconsin. Wisconsin, great defense last year. And they basically said, hey, we're going to stop Mo Ibrahim and we're going to let Athan beat us. And and Wisconsin was the only team to to stop Mo Ibrahim from running 100 yards. But then Athan, you know, threw it for 300, two touchdowns. And for the first time ever, we saw the Gophers throwing the ball with making some plays. And so we're going to see – they call him the Greek Rifle. We'll see what's gonna be all about here on Thursday against Nebraska.
0: I saw the Greek rifle term, and I'd had it that's Ethan Calais yeah. Manis.
1: There's a lot of nicknames out there. I don't know if we've ever settled on one. i I'm just gonna let let other people decide. Todd, yeah take
0: over for a couple of minutes we have comments that are showing up on youtube but not inside our studios i'm I'm
2: just trying to figure out what it's going to be like to watch a minnesota game i'm trying to imagine a minnesota game without tanner morgan i mean because it seems like since my childhood he's been the quarterback (laughs) at at minnesota so um you know I, i guess what has become typical of uh, the Minnesota Gopher teams, at least from my perspective, since P.J. Fleck has been there, has been, you know, just incredibly physical, pound the ball kind of an offense. Um, now, without Ibrahim, you know, coming back to tote the ball, they, they, you know, it's not like the, the cupboard's empty, but... Uh, it all starts with the guys up front, and Noel, what can what can you tell us? You know, is is the offensive line going to be a strength like it has been in the last few years, or is there uh, rebuilding? Or uh, I haven't paid any attention. So,
1: it, yeah, it, well, it's interesting. You know, you say the strength of the last few years. Last year they had to replace four starters. This time last year they had to replace four starters. They brought back last year um, all Big Ten center John Michael Schmitz. He's not there. This year. So, definitely there's going to be a downgrade at center. But right now, we're entering this year with kind of three question marks. We have two returning starters, one in, in uh, Quinn Carroll, and the, our, who we believe will be our right guard, and our, our left tackle, Ariate Ursary. And so, right now, we have our left guard in question. We think we have our center solidified in Nathan Bowe. He started the bowl game because uh, John Michael Schmidt uh, uh, stood out, and then our right tackle. And so, this is an interesting interesting uh, question, Todd, because a lot of people say it's going to be a weakness, but this is year seven under P.J. Fleck. And if there's a position coach that I trust, it's it's offensive line coach Brian Callahan. He he has year four, year five, year six guys ready to, to step up and be promoted there. These are guys who've been in the program. They have Big Ten bodies. Yes, they don't have the experience. So I don't think they're going to be great. I don't think they're going to be bad. Um, I, I think – Again, P.J. Fleck, you're seven. He has a track record of bringing some guys in who can who can be physical. I think we're going to see that again.
2: Well, you know, the experience on the offensive line, there's no substitute uh, for it. And, you know, uh, Nebraska fans, you know, were able to uh, bask in what good offensive lines look like, but that's been 20 years ago. So, um, you know, watching – watching what Minnesota's done and a few other teams in the Big Ten who have had strong offensive lines, uh, you're not successful if you're playing, you know, first, second, third-year players. You've got to develop those guys, uh, and and sounds like Minnesota continues to continues to do that.
1: Yeah, I left guard right now. We don't know if it's you know, Carter Shaw or, or Tyler Cooper, but, again, these are year five, year six guys, guys who, or, who are ready. Um, Right tackle is in question is up to a couple of guys who are your year, year four or year five. Um, and so we'll see. I think though, if you're a Nebraska fan, you got to be happy that you're getting Minnesota early because these guys don't have a lot of experience playing as a unit. We don't know, um, you know, a lot of, again, not, they don't know. They haven't played a lot together. And so if you're a Nebraska fan, I think you got to be happy that you're playing Minnesota early uh, because again, this unit hasn't played a lot together. And so I think as the season goes on, they'll get better.
2: Well, it's it's interesting you say that because I'm I'm not a predictor, and uh, I I only do it because people force me to. But I I have felt what he means is people, is me, because <laughs> he, he's a pansy. I, I have I have felt that the the maybe one of the intangibles that Nebraska has going into this game is that they're playing them the first game of the year. And typically, typically Minnesota, you know, has not been at their best in the in the first few games of the year. They usually get into a groove, and then that machine just, you know, just starts rolling forward.
1: So. Yeah, I I agree. Or I disagree just a little bit. Um, it would drive me crazy. PJ Fleck would only run four plays in the first three games. I mean. And we saw that against Bowling Green. against Bowling Green. Green! I mean, it was ridiculous. Us Gopher fans, we – I honestly – I don't think any of us were really that surprised when we lost because he just – again, he did not open the playbook. He just ran four or five plays, played conservative. He would save the playbook for conference play. And it, it bit him. It bit him. But then last year, you know, we beat Jerry Kill 38-0. He beat Western Illinois 62-10. to we beat Colorado forty nine to seven. Now those teams are horrible, but those are teams that maybe years before we wouldn't play as well. And I think finally that Bowling Green loss kind of opened up things for PJ and said, "Yeah, maybe I need to be a little bit more serious." So they started the season off well um, last year, but but Todd, I'm kind of with you. I think first games scare the hell out of me, especially when you play a conference foe. Um, yeah, this game this game has has me nervous here on Thursday. Okay,
0: I, what, Caleb Ward, normally I'd put the comments up here. This is really bugging me. It's not showing any comments on our chat. But Caleb Ward says, we know what Minnesota will be, just not how to spell their quarterback's name. Nebraska wants to play Minnesota-style football. The question is, which te- team can play ground and pound better? Now, you mentioned a new offense. Do you do you think we're going to see nickel duo 35 times a game? Or do you you think – Ethan Kelly – Kelly – Ethan K. The Greek rifle. That
1: Greek guy. Rifle.
0: Yeah. Okay. He is much – I think much more versatile than Tanner Morgan. And so don't you think we're going to see a varied offense and not
1: just the ground and pound from Minnesota? I think so. And it has to be. It has to change. You have a different quarterback than Tanner Morgan. We don't have a running back anymore that you can give it to 30 times a game. And so – we have guys back there who can't really handle that load. You, have a, you finally have a quarterback who can throw it, who can run it. Look at that Nebraska game last year. That first half was miserable, miserable for the Gophers. Tanner was horrible. I think Mo Ibrahim had 20 yards. And then you saw that second half, you saw Ethan kind of do what he did, and, and he kind of took the wind out of that stadium a little bit with his, with his big play and arms. And so A little ha- bit. A You're little so bit. modest.
2: Come on, man. Well, he sucked all the wind out of the stadium.
1: <laughs> that So I watched that game last year, and Anthony Grant had, what, 80 yards the first two possessions. Yeah. And then suddenly Nebraska just decided, we're going to pass a little bit more. We're not going to run as much. I, I was actually mad for you because I was like, why are they stopped running the ball? <laughs> Why would be – you could just say why, the question
0: mark. Yeah. That would be the Nebraska, last five but, years in Nebraska football.
1: Well, and, you know, to, to the comment too, everyone, you know, up until last year, everyone knew what Minnesota was going to do. And yet they still had quite a bit of success. And I think a lot of that is that offensive line. And, and again, um, P.J. Flack and, and his play – not his play calling, but, again, Mo Abraham. Mo Ibrahim saved the day a lot last year.
0: Yeah. But you, you have Sean Tyler – Right.
2: Yep. And, and yep, that Sean guy, Tyler.
0: Now Mo couldn't break an open field run. No. Sean Tyler is going to be a different guy.
1: Yeah. Mo wasn't the fastest, wasn't the quickest, no. but just his motor kept running. Sean Tyler is that home run hitter. You get him out in space, he's gone. And so, but again, he never really carried the ball that well, not a lot. He didn't really carry the ball a lot at Western Michigan. He was handling maybe 15, 18 carries a game. So it's gonna to have to be other people as well. And and I think the Govers have some studs waiting um in line after after Tyler. So we'll see.
0: So who are they? Trey Potts went to Penn State. Yeah, Penn Trey State, Potts went to Penn State. Penn State. Penn State. is one of the best teams in the nation. Yeah, and he he, he could have been the guy at Minnesota, but he chose to go to Penn State and be what? Number
1: three? Or four? I don't I don't yeah. know. Yeah. That was confusing. That was confusing. So the you have Zach Evans. So you have two guys behind Tyler who were top 12 running backs in the nation coming out of high school. Zach Evans, who was banged up uh, last year. But, again, he's a name that you're going to – everyone's kind of kind of know here in the next year or two. And then you have uh, Darius Taylor, who at the end there, Michigan wanted him really bad. And Iowa too. And I don't know how. I don't know how the Gophers kept him. but But he was a top 10 running back out of high school. And so, again, young guys. Talented without a question, just not a lot of experience. And so I think you uh, will see them getting some touches here.
0: So receivers, what is it? Chris Ottman, Bell is uh, back for his 18th year. Uh, yep. Now here's the thing with the receivers. My rotten son lives in this house. He has a University of Minnesota degree in math. He, I think he has good insight on College football when he watches and stuff like that. No, I don't have to worry about him hearing that because he never watches my stuff, a little shit ass. Anyway. But he has said, "I don't think the receivers that great." I've heard from other people this is the best receiving core outside of Ohio State in the Big Ten. Where, where is where are the Minnesota receivers fit into this?
1: I think from a depth pers- perspective, depth because. A lot of people have have misread me when I said this on Twitter. Depth-wise, this might be the best receiving core under P.J. Fleck. Now, again, depth-wise. Talent, 2019 Rashad Bateman, Tyler Johnson. It's hard to beat that. But you have Brevin Spanford, one of the better tight ends, returning. You have uh, Daniel Jackson, the leading receiver from last year. He's returning. And, again, you have Corey Crooms, who was an excellent slot receiver out of Western Michigan. Elijah Spencer, who was the freshman of the year in the Conference USA, kind of a big body speed. And then you have Chris Oppmann-Bell, who's returning from injury. So, you do have four or five guys who can play. Now, you know, transfers, you never know. We'll see. But I think you're returning your top two receivers in Brevin Spanford and Daniel Jackson. And uh, Chris Oppmann-Bell is coming back, hopefully, here. I don't I don't know if he'll be ready for the Nebraska game. But, uh, again, there's just a lot of playmakers around Athens. so... So we'll see
0: you there. Are, are we going to expect to see twenty slant?
1: Well, it works again. People <laughs> people know it's coming and it works. So I, I, I don't know, but it's, it's interesting. We'll see.
0: I I did a kind of a preview video, and what I said about Nebraska's receivers are coming into this game. Uh, let's say it's sparse kind yeah. of production. You know what I mean? I don't. There's not a lot of proving there. Uh, it's not a very strong position group. And what I said in my preview is I want to see us run tons of slants because if you run a slant, well, I mean, come on, you're right. Minnesota's slant has worked very well. And the reason for that is they've coached their receivers to be very physical in that slant play. And if we can get that out of Minnesota or Nebraska receivers, uh, you know, we may, we may be a better, better Minnesota Thursday than
1: you. Eh? What do you think of that? (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. Um we'll see. I don't I don't know. But, but I think you're right. I think Fleck and, and Matt Simon, who's their wide receiver coach, has trained the receivers well, went to no go a little bit more shallow, went and go deep. But again it all started with that, that fake to Moe and everyone would usually bite on that fake to Moe. And uh Nebraska certainly did, and Daniel Jackson did that double move and ate threw it fifty yards and Yeah. And uh there you, was that just, so
0: do, do you have knives? Do you just – internet <laughs> knives? To just stab me again, sir? Uh, okay. Uh, have we covered the offense?
2: I think we've covered yeah. the offense pretty good. Yep. Yep.
0: Well, then that moves us to the defense. And, again, the same thing applies. The same thing applies. I've heard from people that the defense is going to be fine. Then I've heard, oh, my God, the defense is, you know, they've got Tyler Newbin who is – what was he, All-Big Ten?
1: Yep, All-Big Ten his last three years. Second team, he's already been named on a few preseason All-Americans, uh, All-American. Americans, All They're calling him the next Antoine Winfield, which I wouldn't mind at all. And so, Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> The defense is interesting. You, I, you have studs in almost every position group, but, again, it's playing – who is playing next to them? And I think this is where, more than any other year, the depth of this program I think is going to be challenged for P.J. Fleck. And so, you know, again, you have a new guy starting next to Tyler Newbin at safety. You have Cody Lindenberg, who P.J. Fleck says might be the best linebacker he's ever coached in Minnesota. We don't know who's playing next to him. Linebackers are, are a concern for me. Justin Wally, great corner. We're not really quite sure who is going to be starting next to him. Again, depth. But we have depth, so who knows. Defensive line should be decent. We, um, in some ways, will be better, I hope. some ways, we might take a step back. And so, again, I think the depth of this defense is going to be questioned. And I think if you're in Nebraska, you've got to be happy a little bit about that. You know, run those slants. We don't know who's starting next to Cody at linebacker, the other two linebacker spots. I would do some play action, and, and so we're going to see. And, again, I think if you're Nebraska, you've got to be a little happy a little bit that you're getting this early. But, again, we have Joe Rossi, who our defensive coordinator, I think – I wrote an article. I think he's gone. I think he's gone. This is his last year. Right. I, I, just, I just think he's going to – and rightfully so. He's going to go somewhere and be a head coach. Top 10 defense the last two years. Um, you know, I think Gopher fans are a little bit more – half full because we have a good defensive coordinator who has proven that he can rise to the occasion and, and make it done.
0: You know what? I would, here's the thing. I would be beating you up right now. If I had a clue as to what our offense even was going to look like. <laughs> That's the thing. We have nothing. We to no, clue. We have no clue. No I would idea. be like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to run counters until your eyes fall out of your head. Full back trap. We don't know. We have no clue. I mean, you can talk all off-season long about using a fullback and doing this and that, and
1: not a so, clue. So, and I was curious, and I don't, I don't know the real reason, but I was. Anthony Grant was a named starter for the, the the running back, and it was kind of refreshing to hear Matt Rule kind of be honest about his players. Where PJ Fleck, we don't get that. Right. It's just, and, and so I was we don't tell me a little bit about your starting running back. Cause I, I'm not, I'm not too familiar with him.
2: Well, Todd, it's we, it's Gabe Urban is going to be the uh, appears to be the starting quarterback or running back and okay. Gabe Urban, in all likelihood would have been, you know, the guy who had mo- the most carries last year, had he not been injured. Um, and he's been bitten a little bit by the injury bug, you know, the last couple of years, but, He's a boy. I'll tell you what. The guy is a physical specimen. Um, very. He's a, He's. He can pound it inside, but he's also got the speed, you know, to to run away from some people. And if he stays healthy, I think that um, you know he's gonna he's gonna damage some teams. Uh, mm-hmm. The the other part of that that was interesting to me. Is John's favorite running back, Ramir Johnson, is actually listed as the the number two, and Ooh. you know last year we heard all season, and and you know that's a different regime, but we heard all season that about Ramir Johnson and how versatile he is, and they even created a kind of an old his own position, if you will, and they never played the guy. Um, he's a little bit smaller. Um, he's, he's a really good pass catcher out of the backfield and he's shifty as all get out. So, you know, I think, you know, I hate some of these cliches, but I think it's going to be kind of a little bit of, you know, thunder and lightning, uh, between Gabe Irvin and, and Ramir Johnson and then Anthony Grant, you know, he's a solid guy, um, you know, to come in after those two guys. I think what happened to Anthony Grant, he had a good start to the season last year but as the offensive line, you know, started to get beat up a little bit, um, he did a lot more dancing than just going and hitting the hole where he was supposed to go hit the hole. And once those guys start, you know, m- you know, shuffling their feet a little bit, um, they they aren't as productive. And Coach Rule said, you know, recently he also is experiencing some fumbles. So yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I I really wasn't surprised. I've liked Gabe Urban since he arrived on campus. I I felt like he, you know, I'm I'm waiting for him to be the next really good Nebraska running back. He just hasn't gotten there yet. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Okay, hold on. I'm trying to get that's it it's from here's a here's a I don't know if I I can't highlight these. I, they're not even gonna oh shoot. Well, you know what? Here, that'll work. Charles Hullett, this normally would show the person's name, but Charles Hullett says, I want to see P.J. Felch cry after the game, knowing his team has zero chance for the season. There's a comment. Linda Wilkins actually has a question here, and let me cut and paste this into this little dinky thing so I can show it. Linda Wilkins is one of our regulars, and she says, why did Minnesota drop the Golden from their title? I wasn't aware that we did. I didn't know. Th- I, I See, I haven't heard this either. Some. I, I think maybe this came from Adam Carricker who uh, he's pretty well known. He was a defensive – you know, he played in the NFL, and he uh, was a all-star defensive end for Nebraska. He had mentioned they dropped the Golden. They haven't dropped the Golden. They're still the Golden cultures, right? Well, I
1: don't think – yeah, nothing officially. Now, sometimes we might not say it as much, but – I haven't heard anything official being dropped in our name. (laughs)
0: Uh,
2: Okay. Uh, Let's keep going on. John, I've been doing a little bit of troubleshooting here. I clicked on that that link at the bottom that says having issues. And Eddie has been sharing some thoughts with me. And he says, if we uh, refresh the page the stream is on, would the comments appear then? I'm going to try it. Would that knock us out? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> guess it's just me and you, Noel. Um, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so, um, you know, with uh, one of the questions I have is, you know, John commonly makes, you know, John's lived up in Minnesota since the late 80s and stuff. And, you know, he, he kind of, Repeats a number of times about kind of an apathetic fan base because uh, with the Gophers because there's so much else going on, you know, in in the region. Has well, there, there's the has Vikings the fan base picked up? I mean, is there more loyalty, passion? I mean, is is being a Minnesota Gopher fan a bigger deal than it was before PJ flett came? I mean, as has has he brought that at all?
1: Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he's doing things that the Gophers haven't, the Golden Gophers haven't done <laughs> since you know 19, 1905, 1903, when they were literally playing high school teams. Um, absolutely, absolutely. You know, again, you think about two thousand nineteen that 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 season in Auburn. Um, again, back to back nine win seasons, first time again since nineteen oh five. Um, ticket sales are up again. We're not, we're not really selling out necessarily. Um, well, except Thursday, although I think probably a third of the stadium is going to be red, but, um, but yeah, I, the program has definitely been elevated under PJ Fleck um, more involvement in the community. Um, yeah, absolutely. He's definitely elevated the program in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of that is because the state of the program wasn't the best before he got there. I think Jerry Kill did a great job. Um, but again, Minnesota let him put as many acronyms as he wanted on the walls, as many oars on the walls, and so I think PG, giving PJ the ownership, really, to be honest, was the key. And uh, you kind of seen the program take off since PJ Fleck uh, has been hired. Um, and I think you gotta, you gotta, you have to credit Jerry Kill because he did a a pretty good job too of elevating it because it was it was bad there those Tim Brewster years and so oh god um, yeah that's so, yeah. It, was, yeah. it was sad. I it was easy it to was cheer sad. for
2: Jerry Kill too. You know I think you know Jerry Kill was an easy guy to like. It yeah. was fun to watch. It's, it's still fun to watch Jerry Kill teams play. I mean, you know, always the underdog and and they're just going to fight you until you know the the final seconds. But, absolutely, okay. Jerry okay. Kill, well-walkable guy. You
0: mentioned it's go it's a soul. Good grief! You mentioned it's a sellout. You think a third of the stadium will be Nebraska?
1: At least, at least, okay. I, at least, it's also a
0: gold out. Yeah. What do you think of that?
1: Uh, I don't like it because I found out I don't own anything gold, so I had to buy something. <laughs> I I had to buy something gold last week, and and so I found out I, all I have is maroon, and so. Uh, yeah, whatever. Um, I don't know if they wanted Maroon to clash with the Red, but I'll tell you right now that Red's going to stand out even more now. Cause, uh, I was going to
2: say the Maroon might cover up the Red. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, funny story. I went to the Fresno State-Nebraska game at Fresno State. And that whole stadium is red because Fresno State's red. And uh, that's what I found out how serious Nebraska fans are about their team is when you you travel to Fresno, California – uh, that's when you know you love a team because that is probably one of the worst stadiums in college football. So,
0: <laughs> well, the, the the son complained that he didn't he didn't have anything gold either, and he figured that's why they're doing the gold out is so. I mean, nobody owns honest to god truth is Minnesota fans own maroon, not many among gold. So I thought. This is a ploy to get people to buy a whole crap load of stuff. Now, somebody else said, okay, well, the red, I think it was my wife actually, said the red and the gold will contrast. So it'd be able to, the teams' fans will stand out more than they would if it's red and maroon. And I don't know about that. Uh, The comments now aren't refreshing on the left side of the screen or the side of the screen. I should just go on with this. Did we get, we did the defense, we did the offense. We should cover special teams because that would make it complete. And, th- and then we can go on and talk, uh, you know, what we think is going to happen in this game and bad things about the rest of the big 10. Okay. So, so special teams, Nebraska, just, just so you understand this over the last five years, special teams was kind of, uh, it was an afterthought for that guy we fired and his staff apparently didn't really realize that you're supposed to have special teams. So if you ever wondered, if you ever looked at it and said, why did they kick to the wrong side of the field against Michigan State? Why did they do this? It's because nobody paid attention to it. It wasn't apparently part of the game for him. How is Minnesota special teams going to look? Because uh, the the rotten son always complains about the field goal kicking. And if they line up to kick a field goal, uh, he just goes upstairs.
1: Yeah. You have a great son. Great son. Uh, (laughs) He's very wise and knowledgeable. I the special teams for under Fleck have been nothing but just kind of exactly that. They, they've been special, but not for all the good reasons. I would love it if we could return a punt or two this year and, or, or a kickoff. I think it's been at least six, seven years before we've had a, a punt return for a, a right. touchdown um, almost that long for a kickoff. And so we do have some guys in Mark Crawford and, and Dragon Kessage who are returning. So I guess on paper, you got to be happy about that, that you have guys returning. Um, um, and so, yeah, I, again, I'm with you. I, if it's a field goal lining up, I, I like to look away. So, um, but, but PJ Flex says it's, you know, the, one of the better special team units he's had. And so we'll see. I hope he's, I hope he's right.
0: <laughs> oh my God. We are both living off the, what the coaches say in the offseason. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, T-A-K-L Farms gave us a $19.99 Super Chat. Thank you, T-A-K-L. If you could let us know what that stands for. But he says smash the like, viewers. So you, you guys need to smash the like button on YouTube. Let's go, Polar Bear. <laughs> Bears only need two steps for speed. Get some. When he says Polar Bear, Noel, he's talking about Noel Hutmatcher.
2: Nate Hutmatcher. Oh, think. Hut
0: Hutt, think. I call him nut masher. So, you know, I'm terrible with names. He's one of our defensive linemen. Uh, And I I think for the Nebraska defensive, here's the thing. So, you know, this, you probably know this if you've been paying attention Uh, Nebraska's offensive line, the past few years has been, well, not Nebraska and pretty not, you know what, not even Bowling Green to some extent. It's been (laughs) God awful. And not not even the Bowling Green that didn't show up at Minnesota to beat you guys in the worst upset in modern history by point spread, just because we got to get our jabs in here. Yeah, absolutely. The defensive line, we're going to run a three, three, five this year on our defense. Uh, The defensive line. We're not sure if that's going to hold up. The three, three, five is going to work. There's going to be enough depth on the defensive line. But again, if Minnesota doesn't have a ground and pounding running game, I don't know what you think it'll make a difference.
1: I don't know. It's interesting though. Um, your, your defensive coordinator is Tony white who came from Syracuse. Yep. And I think our, we have a secondary coach named Nick Monroe from Syracuse. Right. And, and so was Tony, I think Tony was hired before the bowl game. Am I correct in that?
0: Yes, I believe. Yeah. And yeah. So
1: yeah, I read somewhere that Nick actually called the bowl game in, in, uh, in um, place for Tony so so Minnesota has some experience there gets a three-three-five. 3 um, my worry is Fleck is going to be stubborn and try the run game way too much um, if it's not working he's going to keep on going and going but you don't have Mo Ibrahim anymore so, so again uh, that's a fear of mine that Flex is going to be stubborn and, and, and try and, and make it work where you, again you have a quarterback who can throw and receivers that can catch and so Again, we're going to see – Fleck has given no indication on who's starting on the offensive line. He is almost the opposite of Matt Rule, where Matt Rule is sharing about players, everything, in the press conference. And Fleck goes, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. And so – Has he always been that way? Always. I don't – Okay. It's it's been years since he's released a depth chart. I mean, years. Really? Yeah.
0: I guess I forgot that. I noticed that on Twitter, uh, Tom Allen refused to name a starting kicker against Ohio State, and that was – That matters. You know, yes. That's going to matter. Because uh, <laughs> Ohio State's now going to be confused a game plan against an Indiana kicker. Yeah. You know, it's terrifying. All right, what <sighs> – we might as well go in. What do you think is going to happen in this game? This is where Todd hates this part because Todd doesn't like to speculate. I like to speculate about everything because I'm full of shit. I really like, you know, massively. I'm very good at it. What do you think is going to happen in this game?
1: First game scare me, absolutely scare me. I put this game pretty high on the list on the toughest games for for the golfers, and I got a lot of heat from the Gopher Hole fans. Oh, it's Nebraska, but I said, look. You got a new coach. A lot of I know a lot of fans are going to be there, um, and so it's going to be interesting. I, I'm not going to be surprised if there's turnovers for both teams early. I'm not going to be surprised if there's explosive plays for both teams early. But I have a little bit more confidence in the defensive line for the Gophers and the offensive line for the Gophers, and I just think that's going to make a difference. I don't think this is going to be the best Gophers offensive line you've seen, but again. I'm just trusting in Brian Callahan, the offensive line coach, who has the last two years, all of his starters have been either all Big Ten or honorable mention. I'm gonna trust the offensive line, the defensive line of the Gophers. I think the Gophers pull it out and and, and probably a one score game, because that's all it's ever been between <laughs> Minnesota and Nebraska. That's all it's ever been from Minnesota, to Nebraska the last three or four years. So
0: do you do you think it's gonna be do you think either team's gonna hit thirty?
1: You know, I could see it both ways. I could see a seventeen ten or a thirty-five thirty. I I I think again, you have those first game jitters and uh but no, I think it's gonna be low scoring. What's the over under? Is it is it forty oh, four? I I, forget. I think I think it's forty
0: six point five.
1: And I know the line has gone up. I, I think originally Minnesota was minus six. I think now it's minus seven and a half. Um
0: but, Keep going, and I can look this up in a jiffy.
1: Yeah, no, 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 no. So, I, I yeah, I'm, this is my first time actually giving a, a score prediction for the game. So, really? I, yeah. Oh I my predicted God. a score prediction. I predicted Minnesota's going to win uh, <laughs> score wise. Let's just say 28 21. Gophers. Golden golfers. Gold Golden
0: golfers. Okay. Yeah. According to DraftKings, who we have a kind of a member, sponsorship with through SB Nation, <laughs> uh, the line is Minnesota is favored by 7.5, and the over-under is 43.5, mm. which means it's, it's not very likely that either of these teams are going to hit 30. So you would think that the score would be like in the 24 to 21 range, 21 yeah. to 17 range. Yep. So, so you can't just stick with 35 to 21, Todd. I guess you could. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> Who's going to win, Todd? Well, Nebraska.
2: 35 to oh 21.
0: Todd. Okay. Tackle Farms, because I'm an idiot, gave us another 1999 super chat, and he says, say T-A-K-L as a word, love you, brother, which is Tackle Farms, because – what an idiot am I? Uh, I farm beside Nash's grandpa. I just want to see a hungry polar bear because I know he deserves it. Go get food, big boy. <laughs> which brings, you know, which brings up a question that I haven't really seen uh, anybody ask. I mean, Nebraska over the past few years. I mean, it, it's been uh, it's been way way too long to, since Nebraska has had really a pass rusher or a solid pass rush. Any kind of pressure, if that happens, Ethan's just going to scramble out of the way, isn't he? Yeah. And what do you see happening? He's a he's a guy that can move around yeah. more than Tanner.
1: I yeah. He extended plays against Nebraska. He extended plays against Wisconsin. Um, again, it's this is probably the most talented quarterback Minnesota has had since Adam Weber. And so, from a throwing perspective, and and again, just the athleticism. So. He, he definitely has the ability to scramble and, and make a play at this feet.
0: Fred Sacco gave us a $2 super chat and says, ask an Iowa player, they'll know the over and under. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, you know what, opens the door, opens the door for the rest of the Big Ten. What did I see we were going to talk about? Uh, but where do you think Minnesota is going to be? I mean, Minnesota right now, you've got PJ Fleck is 0-7 against Kirk. Right? Don't oh, yep,
1: don't gotta remind him.
0: Yep. And you know, Wisconsin's got a new coach, new thing going on, supposedly brand new offense, all sorts of changes going on there. Northwestern has destroyed their own program. Uh, Purdue is kind of an unknown, but they don't have enough returning players to really you know what I mean, they're not on solid ground. So really when it comes down to it, if you want to be if I wanted to be objective. The contenders to me for the West are Iowa. God, I hate saying that. Minnesota. Uh, come on, who's the third one? This Illinois. On Illinois. Yeah. So, what do you think is going to happen with the Big Ten West?
1: You know, it's interesting, John and, and, and Todd. I looked at this before we came on. This is what Vegas has. Some of these teams. They have on win totals. You have Wisconsin eight and a half. Iowa eight and a half. Uh, Minnesota seven or seven and a half, Illinois at six and a half. That that kind of surprises me, and Nebraska six and a half. So I don't think Vegas even knows really on how the West is going to shape. Um, I think Iowa is the favorite right now. That that kills me. I hate saying that. Um, Phil Parker and they actually have a quarterback this year. Um, well, so, if he
0: stays healthy.
1: Yeah, we don't know, right? We don't right. know, but um, and again, they got. Surprise! Surprise! They got some good tight ends, and they're, they're running backs returning. I think Illinois is a, a sneaky favorite. I wouldn't be surprised if they're up there. I don't have Minnesota winning the division. I uh. I, I have them. I have them losing to Iowa, um, but um, I have them uh, keeping the axe. So I see them again. I think their floor this year is six and six. That's their floor. Um, okay. They could they could win eight, but. It's it's a tough schedule. Minnesota has a tough schedule this year.
0: Wow, aren't you supposed to be the homer guy that says we're going to beat the hell out of Iowa? No. (laughs) No,
1: No. I I just – I mean, if you look at the box score the last two years, I mean, Minnesota has dominated. Mo Ibrahim ran over like 250 yards. I mean, we've done everything against them but win. And so, it's just – I had that game as the um, – I believe it was the third toughest in the Gopher schedule behind Michigan and Iowa State. It's just – we'll see. I, I just – I don't think so. I, I think Iowa wins in Iowa City against Minnesota.
2: Todd? I hate to even hear that, but, you know, um, the, the the reality is is everybody hates Iowa, and, um, you know, they – they don't realize how much they're hated. I don't think. Um, but it's, it's, you know, brothers in arms with that mutual feelings. Uh, where do I see things in the big 10 West? Is that what you're asking, John? Well, yeah. Yeah. I don't think Wisconsin's going to win eight games. I think, you know, everybody again, like you said, Vegas doesn't know. I, I think there's just so many unknowns, but, um, you know, I, I have a hard time believing that um, they're gonna they're gonna be able to you know win that many games and win the West. Not because you know they're not they're not bringing in a totally new offense. I mean, it's going to be a new look. They're going to spread the field out. They've got a quarterback that's played in that kind of a system before, but they're still going to be a very physical, run first team. You know, um, and that's something that people have to realize. And I I think that there's going to be a transition to coach Fickle and, and I just don't see them, you know, being the winner. Unfortunately, I do see, again, I see Iowa's that it is theirs to lose from my perspective. Um, But if, if their quarterback isn't out there, if their number one guy isn't out there every week, I think they're going to struggle because I just don't think they have um, you know, another player on that team that can, can fill that role. So um, I'm kind of with you. I think Illinois should be a sneaky favorite there. And, you know, we'll see, we'll see how things shake down Thursday night. Um, you know, I, we had a question on coordination among, uh, you know, the, the writers and the podcasters. Is, is the Minnesota game a make or break game for Nebraska? I, I, I don't think it is. But if, if Minnesota happens to lose this game um, I'm going to be real curious how they react and how they rebound because um, you know, they're a team, again, they're a team that finds a groove and they just, they just keep moving. And so how are they going to respond? How are they going to react? And you know, that's one of the things I'm going to be most curious about watching. I, I don't think you can th- I don't think you can discount Minnesota winning the West either. In my yeah. opinion.
0: Okay, Gre- Fred gives us another five dollars super check, and he says the Greek QB will slip on some feta cheese, feta cheese. My words are bad. And uh, Nash four zero seven seven Hut Hutchmaker. I have to learn this guy's nut masher, the polar bear. Uh, we'll squish the olive oil out of him. P.S. I love Greek food. It, Fred follows that up by saying, I appreciate Noel tonight. Nice and reasonable. And then he says, <laughs> again, what the hell is he using doing here? Because uh, normally, you know, it's us. Uh, Caleb Ward said, gives us a $1.99 super chat and says, nobody likes Iowa. Something we can all agree on, which, you know. I plan on being at the game, and no matter what happens, I plan on – I don't know if there's a time for this. This is a good question, actually. Is there, like – is the who hates Iowa cheer, is that is there a special time during
1: the game you do that, or does it just start? It's so usually – wait, like just in general? Yeah. It's usually when, when fans – if we win, when we win against Nebraska. Uh, oh, there you go. No, there you go. Um, <laughs> Usually, the fans like to start the chant as they're walking out, just a reminder. Um, um, uh, but yeah, that, that's usually when the, the chant goes. It's usually after games, after a victory. Someone, oh, that's right? Someone under the influence will think of it as a great idea and think of it as original. So,
0: <laughs> you know, I like it. I, you know, I was there, I was there on the field. What was it, 2000, 2021, when I think, was there. A, when Penn State got knocked off, they were highly ranked.
1: 2019. That
0: was, yeah, that was an amazing game. Yeah. I have a beautiful photo. My son has a beautiful photo up in his room of that interception that sealed the game because that's the end zone I was sitting in at the time. But, uh, you know, I've enjoyed the Minnesota people, athletic department, and all the people up there have been very good to me over the years. Uh, I don't think they'll credential me anymore, <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 you know what? I told you this before that I tell everybody else, the story. Now uh, we chatted before we started the show, but the com has a, has a part in why I have a YouTube channel. And the reason for this is, is in 2020, you know, I hate to keep bringing up pain, but it, that seems what to be the past is for us recently. But in 2020, Minnesota beat Nebraska during the pandemic year, if you remember that. Minnesota came to Lincoln with, like, I think they were down almost 30 players. They were down, like, two starting yeah. linemen on their yeah. offense, two starting yeah. linemen on their defense, and they still beat us. And yeah. at the end of that game, um, uh, i was so pissed off i thought i'm not going to stay in the house and be angry at my wife and son i am going to leave and i went out and i walked out next to my tree or wherever it was well it was next to the tree i do my videos with and uh, i sat down and i did a seven minute video uh, with a lot of angry words and i uploaded it to youtube and i thought well let's just see what happens and what happened was a lot of people found it, and the people who found it the most apparently was goforhold.com, put it on their bulletin board, and it got, like, I don't know, 5,000 views. And I thought, you know, maybe I should just go ahead and try this thing. And, uh, they, you know, that's really kind of one of the influences that got me going on this channel. Uh, Tackle Farms gives us a $99 uh Oh my God! A ninety-nine-dollar super chat and says, "For every sack the polar bear gets, I will donate one hundred dollars to this channel's choice." That is very, very generous. Holy I, smokes! No, no, you're gonna—it's
1: eighteen sacks Thursday night. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> All right, I'll meet you somewhere. I'll meet you somewhere after, and we can. Start <laughs> there you go. Well, that
0: that's just it. What are you doing for the game? What is a typical pre-game?
1: Yeah, so this will kind of be my my plug. Uh, Gopher Hole is having a tailgate hosted by our our owner Nadine Babu, and we're, we're we're raising money for uh, a blood cancer, a foundation that fights blood cancer. So, uh, you guys are welcome to join us at the Sky Uma lot. We're literally closest to the stadium. We're right in the corner. I'll be there. Uh, a lot of the Gopher Hole people will be there. So, stop by. Make a make a donation. We have a, a brewery that sponsors the tailgate. We have spirits sponsoring a pizza place sponsoring. And so uh, please stop by. Um, I'll be there around two, two thirty, and I'll, I'll be there. And again, going into the game. Now,
0: uh, that brings up the broken chair trophy. Do you yeah. guys ever, you guys ever, ever talk about this? Do any articles or anything on it?
1: A little bit. We we share the. I know we were are advocating the page, and, and they're doing right. great things as far as fundraising money for good yeah. causes. Yeah. Um, it did, PJ Fleck really hasn't embraced it, and so, um, but he hasn't really been vocal against it, and so it's something that us, at least at Gopher Hole we support and believe in. I mean, we've won it now four years in a row, so um, I think the story, <laughs> the story that the story though of that trophy, I think is. Has to be one of the best college football. That's why, that's what makes college football the greatest sport. Honestly, is, and, and
2: the, that's what makes trophies trophies, not yeah. some convoluted heroes trophy sponsored mm-hmm. by some commercial entity. That the, the the broken chair trophy, I think, is wonderful. And yeah. when I was driving up, you know, the other day, I was listening to K Fan out of Minneapolis, and they had I didn't I don't remember his first name, but an O'Brien kid who i think played for the gophers maybe and yep. uh, he um he was talking up the chair and you know the the charity you know that the university of minnesota is uh, you know children uh, a children's cancer organization um you you know then in nebraska the the money uh, pledged goes to um the team jack foundation another pediatric cancer type of thing so um, I, I tell you what, I wish the athletic departments would embrace that, and um, because it truly is a grassroots, yeah, you know, effort that has come from the fans, not some bureaucrats or corporate entity, you know, that wants to slap their name on something. I completely agree.
0: Okay, I I've talked to, I've interviewed the chair guys over the past few years. Uh, I didn't this year. I should be more prepared, but I. I'm still getting ready for the season. There might be a chance, but uh, I asked them, uh, you know, I asked them, okay, so why did you choose to support team Jack? And I think it's, is that uh, children's hospital in Minnesota? I want to say Mason. So that's not right. Yeah, it's Masonic. It's Masonic. That's it. Yeah. Masonic children's. Hospital. I said, why did you choose to support these charities? And the guy looks at me and he goes, well, they're kids. And if you say anything negative about the trophy, you're saying negative things about kids (laughs) and they're sick kids. And do you really want to do that? So you kind of look at it and you go, okay, neither school has really embraced this thing to the level I think the fans have. And if you notice, none of the Nebraska regular media guys will do any articles or do anything with the chair stuff. You know, it's usually us that are kind of on the fringes that are doing stuff about the chair and things like that. But on the other hand, they have done an excellent job of raising money for both of those, uh, mm-hmm. you know, both of those organizations. So they're not going anywhere. No. You know, and, and I think, you know, I mean, why would you, uh, Team Jack, I think is, you know, that's for children's brain cancer. How can you not support that? That's just what, you know, I, as opposed to what is that bloody damn thing for Iowa, the hy V Heroes Trophy or something. Yeah, I don't somewhere. even know what
2: it is. And it's, then uh, what's the dang thing with Wisconsin? Some kind of a bull or something. I mean,
0: I, yeah, don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I am going to, okay, we've had more Super Chats. Uh, $5 from Greg Sacco. He says, uh, good Lord, tackle farms. Don't let Iowa players see that much coin. They'll be asking for rides to Harris.
2: Has then, Fred he- been to Harris recently? I'm kind of wondering where if, if Fred's <laughs> been hanging out over there. Caleb Boreb comes in
0: with a Fortnite Fort Wild well, five dollars super chat and he says, "How much do you want to bet, Fred?" Asking for an Iowa player, and then Lil, Linda Wilkins has a good question, and I'm going to paste this in here, and maybe we can finish the show with some of this because, you know, here's the thing, Noel, you have probably have a lot of there's a lot of changes going on in college football. Yeah. And they're massive changes, and for a lot of people, I think this year is—it's uh, going to be the last one for like—I mean, everything explodes with the college football playoff. USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington join the Big Ten. We become giant. And Linda Wilkins says, John, what are your thoughts on a two hundred to seven million a to seven million dollar upgrade to Memorial Stadium? And the reason why I want to ask that, it, that's relevant to you too, Noel, is, is this. Where are we going? Where do you think this thing is going?
1: I mean, I think the smart-ass answer is talk to the executives at Fox and, and CBS and NBC. Because, I mean, unfortunately, you know, it's the TV people, companies that, that really are just driving this thing. And the amount of money these schools are getting from these media deals, is just, it's, it's insane. And so I, I really don't, I don't know. I think we're going to see more money be poured into things. Um, media deals are going to get, I mean, they have to get too big at some point. Right. And so I think if you're in Minnesota, Nebraska, you gotta, you kind of got to be happy at least at the big tens being proactive. Cause you know, I feel bad right. for the Cal and Stanford. I mean, Stanford, Stanford's a, Wonderful university outside of the sports. I mean, they're academics and all that, but what are they going to do? ACC? That's just ridiculous. Or now yeah, it's, it's Big ridiculous. It's Now it's Big 12. And so um, I didn't realize Memorial Stadium was going to get an upgrade. Uh, and so, um, but it, it's just, it, we'll see. I it, it might change all in two years, three years. Have I'm you been to curious. Memorial Stadium? Nope. Well, you, you get
0: to sit on, I don't think it's wooden seats anymore, but it's aluminum seats and you know, they not there's not many backs to them and you know, the population's getting older, which really I'm thinking about me and it's, uh, they need to do something to it. Uh, okay. Todd, do you have any thoughts on the future or I'll just start blabbing
2: on? No, I, I, I do. And, and I don't like it. Um, <laughs> at least what I believe is going to happen. i am I've been saying, you know, for the last uh, I don't know five, maybe a few more years than that. I, I think we're headed to a 32-team league, and I think it is going to be, you know, quote unquote, a you know, a super league. I think that, um, you know, it's it it will be the that's that's who the big TV that's where the big TV money is going to go, and I think that everybody else is going to be at at another level. You know, there'll be a a level below that and a level below that, the way I think that it's going. And I think that's one of the reasons why. And I think that Trev Alberts sees something like that because he's the one that is strongly advocating for, you know, spending between $200 and $700 million and upgrading the stadium. And, you know, I think that Nebraska fans... You know, we we tend to live in the past. And What? But, what? But one of the things that still holds very, very strong is, quote unquote, the Nebraska brand. And that Nebraska brand is, you know, today still continues to generate revenue. And so I really think that Trev Alberts is going to try to position Nebraska so that when... The hammer falls, whatever that looks like. Nebraska is with the haves and not the have-nots. And I think Nebraskans will support spending that kind of money uh, to, to keep Nebraska in the conversation, regardless of how their football teams play playing.
0: Okay, here's, the, here's yeah. what I think. If you look at streaming, the, the – Broadcast or the companies that do this stuff like Fox and ESPN, they're getting slaughtered. They are getting slaughtered because, you know, they moved to streaming services and they're not making nearly the money they made before. Now, I've also done a video where I said that I think artificial intelligence is going to make live sports much worth much more money. So you have this juxtaposition of what I see the future being. But here's the thing. Colleges also have to prepare for something nobody talks about. And that is the enrollment cliff that's going to happen in two to three years because the younger generation of people aren't having kids. And the kids, about 2008, they stopped having kids. And the number of kids that are going to go to schools is going to drop a lot and it's going to kill colleges all over the place. So here's the thing. I saw where Jim Harbaugh came out today and he said, we should revenue share with the athletes. Well, Jim Harbaugh, I agree with him kind of, but at the same time, Jim Harbaugh doesn't have to make business decisions. So if you're an athletic director, you're in the position right now of looking at the next, let's say, six to eight years of college football or college sports, and you're thinking, how am I going to continue to support my athletes at the level, you know, the money at the level I can? Well, you're going to take as much as you can now because it might go away later or it might increase – but you can't depend upon either one of those. But so many of the schools across the nation are dependent upon student fees. Right. And they take money from the academic side to fund their, their athletics. So if all of this stuff is happening, where you're going to see this massive crunch come into higher ed and universities, um, I, you know, you're going to have to make sports be stand on its own and have money. And you know what I mean? Maybe it does become a professional type league. I don't know what do you guys think of that? I never really considered the uh, well the, yeah I never really thought Todd's about like the oh enrollment god thing. this shit again. What's yeah. that?
1: I never really thought about that whole enrollment cliff thing happening so uh, well the but, enrollment cliff know, is real.
2: I mean that's real. Yeah, absolutely.
1: No no I again yeah. my my oldest is 12 so I'm not there yet so um, right. but but yeah I I think along with Todd I think the scary part is it's, it's blown up so much in just in the last two or three years. And we, we just don't know, we don't know how much is going to change in the next two or yeah. three years. And so it, it's, or the PAC 12, I mean, it's just, there's just a lot of unknowns and I think you have to be nervous about that, especially when you know who's really controlling this thing and that's the TV execs. So. Yeah.
2: I, th- I thought it was interesting that one of the attorneys that represented Oklahoma in their lawsuit against the NCAA quite a few years ago for television rights, is saying, I think maybe I am responsible for what's happening now and <laughs> regrets that he, quote-unquote, has destroyed college football. So I thought that <laughs> that spoke volumes. So, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Fred Sacco comes in with a comment that says, Memorial Stadium will have a dozen John Johnston cry toilets installed in the next few years. <laughs> Nice shot, Fred. Uh, okay. So we're we're on an hour. We're kind of at the end of our show. Noel gave us his prediction. Todd, do you want to predict anything?
2: Yeah, 3521.
1: Uh, 21 who wins? Nebraska. I said that. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Joe, I Joe Rossi hasn't given up 30 points, I think. Listen. Gonna...
2: Noel. I don't care who they're playing. It's 3521. <laughs>
1: Doesn't it matter. is my
2: standing <laughs> prediction, regardless of the circumstances.
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> that's because I try to make
0: him do predictions. Oh.
1: Uh, I
0: already I – no, I already did an earlier video previewing Minnesota, and I pretty much started it by saying I give Nebraska a 30% chance to win this game. And I think I'm like a lot of Nebraska people where they are looking at this game. We've spent the entire offseason winning the offseason because that's what we do. Our coach has said all of the right things. He said fullback at least 100 times, and we all fell over, you know, fainting with the plop, whatever. You know what I mean? He's done everything right, but I think I'm like everybody else in that. I just want to see a functional offensive line play Minnesota very well. Minnesota has beat the hell out of us in the past few years. And when I say that, I mean physically they beat us up. Uh, and I want, to, I want to see a team that can compete with Minnesota physically. And I never thought – Todd and I were students together at UNL in the early 80s. And for me, if I ever woke up one morning on some 1981 hangover and thought, <laughs> well, wow, someday Minnesota will be beating the hell out of us, my roommates would have killed me right then and there. They would have gone, oh, my yeah. God, he's, a, he's an apostate, you know. All right. I will do some here. Uh, Linda, Wilkins about my enrollment cliff thing. Says John, it is called demographics. Uh, it is Linda, but the educational, the institutional people are not the institutional people. The higher ed people are calling it an enrollment cliff. That's actually where that uh, they are using that phrase. Uh, let's see. Uh, Clay Castleder says 35 to 21. He doesn't name who was going to win. Uh, Dion Pryor says. Nebraska two hundred and seventy nine, Minnesota three, and he misspells Minnesota, which is too bad. I can't <laughs> put it up there. Um, <clears throat> wow, Bill Jensen says seventy uh, year old Husker fan listening from Cebu, Philippines, enjoying retirement. Congratulations, Bill. Uh, Fred Sacco's Minnesota twenty four, nu twenty four. Matt rules Patrick Duffigleg three. So that means we mean, he means we win 27 to 24. It's really hard to get the flow of these things if they're not up (laughs) here for you guys to see. Uh, Let's see. Oh, Clay comes back and says, Nebraska wins. Caleb Ward is Minnesota wins 23 to 20, but my heart says Nebraska wins. Living in Omaha, David Matney, NU 31, giving up 31 points. And Minnesota 24. And uh, I think that's it for now. So, I think we're done. Noel, thank you for joining us. Anytime. You know, maybe maybe if maybe if Providence is in the air, you'll run into Todd and I at the game because we're both <laughs> going to the game. Uh, we well, I, you know, me you can spot probably easily. I hope to be wearing some big red coveralls uh, overalls. And you know, I will have a crowd following me with
1: tambourines and things. Where where are you two going before the game? What are your pregame plans?
0: There is a Minnesotans for Nebraska gathering over in St. Paul, and then we're taking a shuttle bus over. So I don't know if we're going over at five so we can rock around amongst the tailgates. I, you know, I should find out more information from the people that are putting this on.
2: So I plan on getting down to the stadium probably about 334 o'clock. So that,
0: that's, well, well then, you you know what? Why don't you two give each other your email
2: addresses and I'll maybe look, you can hook up. Well, you them. say it's in the in the Sky Uma lot. I'll find yeah. that. So yeah, yep, Sky
1: Yep.
0: They're all a Sky Uma lot. <laughs> there's one
1: true one. Yeah, but how do you know that when you go there? Well, in Minnesota, we read and there's signs <laughs> and we read the sign that says Sky Uma. <laughs> <laughs> that's novel we read in Minnesota I love that I, we look for a sign that says sky you my lot and what do you know I'll be there and I'll give you a will give you a drink of your choice John hopefully your shuttle isn't too late I that's I thought that was kind of funny taking a shuttle to the game but uh well um, you know I
0: that seemed like an easy way to get in and out over there I'm taking the train Oh, there you go. Yeah, you know how the parking is at the U of M. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's what I was thinking. Okay, yeah. so maybe we'll, well, maybe we'll get together. I was going to say hook up, but I think that means something different to young kids these days.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it for the show. We'll see what happens. I mean, we're the season is almost upon us. What is it? Three sleeps. How many sleeps is it, Todd? Three. Oh, God, it's three sleeps away. And in two sleeps, we get to see uh, the big volleyball thing in Memorial Stadium. So, okay, that's it. Good night, Todd. Good night, Noel. (laughs) Good night, fellas. Good night.